From The Cut and Gimlet Media, this is The Cut on Tuesdays. I'm your host, Molly Fisher. Hi, Molly. This is Mom. I'm just calling to say hi, see what's up. I only get voicemails from robocallers and my mom. Leaving a voicemail in 2019 requires the kind of unstoppable drive shared by robots, programmed to scam, and by parents, programmed to love. Hi, Molly. This is Mom. I just wanted to tell you I love you, and um, I'll text you. I love you, sweetie. Bye-bye. With the robo-mails, I know I should just delete them. But with the mom-mails, I'm not always sure. Usually, I wind up keeping them like an archive in my inbox, until my mom finds an occasion to tell me that my inbox is full and that I should probably delete some. And then mostly what I do is walk around feeling like, at any given time, I should probably be calling my mom. Give me a call when you get this. Sorry for leaving the voicemail. Bye-bye. My dad died a few years ago, and he and my mom were the kind of couple that was basically always hanging out. So now, part of me is constantly like, who is hanging out with mom? If I'm not calling her, does she need calling? And if not me, who will do it? And I know that she probably also hates me thinking this way. She definitely doesn't want me to see her as fragile or needy. But no longer being a bratty teen means becoming aware of her as a person. A person who loves me to a degree that seems, frankly, insane and unwarranted. Although I guess the usual word is unconditional. And how do you repay that? How do you do it over the phone? I wanted to find out whether I was alone in my neuroses or whether other people also thought a lot about calling and not calling their moms. And so, as we like to do on this podcast, we asked our friends and listeners to tell us what was going on with them. My mom and I talk about, like, every day. Really? Yeah. I always love it when my friend and fellow Cut staffer, Allison P. Davis, tells stories about her mom, which she does not infrequently. So I figured I'd start with her. There's the daily maintenance. There's, like, the emotional dump. There's the, oops, I did something. There's, like, boredom calls where I'm just, like, happy to let her, like, let her go. Talk about whatever plot of a Hallmark movie she wants to for as long as she wants to. <laughs> when you call her for one of those. <laughs> That's, like, Sunday at 4, you know. <laughs> Kill some time. There's nothing on Netflix. Might as well let her tell me about that Hallmark movie with Lori Laughlin or whatever. You just turn her on, like, the radio. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Like, like a podcast, the most yeah. boring podcast. Um, my favorite, though, are like the gossip calls when like I'll have been with my sister-in-law or like my brother who has, he had a melanoma on his finger. And he like, got, <laughs> exciting. And like, exciting. And he got his, the tip of his finger cut oh, off. God. And I saw him before she did. And so I called her and was like, oh my God, mom, you thought it was just like a little piece. It was the everything above the top of the knuckle. And she was like, oh my God, did you take a picture? <laughs> Allison and her mom are in a pretty good spot now, but adjusting to a phone relationship when she first left for college took a little work. She would call me every day, and it felt like such an imposition of, like, my me trying to assert my independence and uh -huh. become my own person. And I was, I remember going to, like, the school guidance counselor and being like, I just don't know. Like, I feel like she's overbearing and she's always in my head. And he goes, just tell your mom you don't want to talk to her every day. And I was like... Whew, okay, I'm going to do it. So I remember she called, and I was like, Mom, I love you, but I cannot talk to you every day. It is making me feel like I am not my own woman. And she was like, okay. And then just proceeded to keep calling me every day. <laughs> so so she, she was just totally undeterred. <laughs> yeah. Allison's mom persisted until finally Allison laid down the law. 
she told her mom that she could not call every day, at which point her mom relented. She called every other day. This was college. Allison was experimenting, trying on adulthood, trying to separate herself from the kid she'd been. And, as the therapists say, that brought up a lot. My mom was black, and, like, the whole idea of talking back is, like, such a Mm no-no, you know? In our household, like, you never talked back unless you were looking to get, like, super grounded or, like, all of your privileges stripped away. And there's always sort of the, like, you don't get to talk to me like your white friends can talk to their moms. And so, like, I think I go to college and I was doing that. Oh, interesting. And that was some, like, that was, like, my rebellion. Like, I got a nose ring and I talked to my mom like she was a white woman. (laughs) (laughs) Allison was, in other words, experimenting with being an asshole. And the question of how often they should talk eventually escalated into something a lot more fraught. You know, there was this year that my mom and I, like, I guess I, I assume everyone has this year. But she would call, and I was just, like, moody or, like, depressed or just, like, I don't know. I couldn't, like, stand having her as my mom. I feel so bad about it. And I was just so mean to her every time she called, and I was, like, condescending and, like, snippy, and I would give her, like, two minutes of my time. And meanwhile, like, I'm, a like, at college. She's paying for everything. Like, I wouldn't have, you know. And so she just, I think she just felt like I was so ungrateful. And so finally one day she just, like, snapped, and I've never heard her scream at me like that. Do you know what we sacrificed for you to be there? And do you know how much it ruins my day and, like, my mental well-being when you treat me like this? And it was a real, like, you need to take accountability. And then she, like, used a lot of profanity and uh, called me a name and then hung up. What name did she call you? I feel so sorry, Mom. She definitely called me a bitch. And I was like, wow, that's real when, like, your own mom calls you a bitch. And I was ungrateful. And I was like, okay. And then so she hung up, and I was like, I'll wait 15 minutes, and I'll call her back, and I'll give her my piece of this. And I called back, she didn't answer. Called back an hour later, she didn't answer. I called my dad, he's like, just give it a second. And then she wouldn't pick up the phone when I called for like wow. three weeks. Allison had received a taste of her own medicine. The whole episode was the kind of thing that makes you look back and think, what the fuck was I doing? I don't know what it was about having this, like, punching bag on the other end of the line that I just, like, needed to get something out, and she absorbed as much of it as she could. But, you know, you kind of forget sometimes your mom was, like, a human with boundaries. Allison and her mom got through it. Ten years later, they're back at their once-a-day equilibrium. And when you talk that often, you're really part of each other's daily lives. In fact, I spoke to one woman who's on the phone with her mom even more often than that, and she sort of made mom conversations her job. Oh, we talk a lot. We're probably talking, like, on the phone a couple times a day. If I call and I'm like, oh, God, I had a bad day, she'll be like, oh, no, she had a bad day. (laughs) I had a bad day, too. Oh, no. You know, so we're kind of echoes of each other. Could I get you to just introduce yourself? Hey, I'm Alyssa Lynn Paris, and I impersonate my mom. Alyssa is a comedian and an actor. She makes very popular YouTube videos where, indeed, she impersonates her mom. In the videos, she wears a weird brown wig that bears no actual resemblance to her mom's hair. But that doesn't matter. It's beside the point. The impression lives in the voice and in the energy. The energy of a mom determined to love you very hard. Come on and put your bags down. Take your shoes off. I just vacuumed. You want a fresca? The cold. Clean that up. Now it just has pans in it. Neighbors bought a new car. Must be doing pretty well for themselves. Why don't you call your cousin? She got a new job. Good afternoon. You finally got up. The mailman's really screwing up all my mail. Each video takes up a mundane mom situation, 
like visiting home or going shopping. Mom gossips inscrutably about the neighbors. She tries to offload bulk paper towels. She suggests you take your pants off so she can wash them right now. She's ever so slightly, gently, unhinged. And Alyssa says the character doesn't stray too far from reality. I think she's a slightly heightened version of my mom. So, (laughs) for example, like, I have this video of, like, when I go visit home, and there's this thing of, like, her asking me to shut the lights off and, like, walking out of closets being like, turn the lights off, come on. (laughs) So it's like, she's not in the closet coming out uh, doing that, but it's my way of being like, it feels so incessant that it feels like no matter where (laughs) I am or where I go, my mom pops up to tell me to turn the lights off. Grandma made you these lentils. Why don't you take them home with you on the train? I took a lot of pictures of sunsets. I want to show you all of them. I got about 300. Turn the lights off. Come on. I got one with a bird flying over it. I'm going to frame it. I do a lot of impressions and this one is like, there's no, there's no part of my body that has to think when I do it. A little while after Alyssa graduated from college, her dad was diagnosed with cancer. She moved home to help out. While he was sick, Alyssa and her mom spent all their time together. And then after he died, her mom moved in with Alyssa in her tiny New York apartment. We got really close and that's kind of the birthplace of these videos is from all that time spent together and, like, watching my mom interact with New York in a way that was very funny to me. Like, what did she do? Like, just when you walk down the streets in New York, you don't really, it's like your own world. But, you know, my mom will just, hello, how are you? Hi. <laughs> you know, saying hi to people. Like, it's just, you, no one's doing that in New York. We were in New York for Easter, and we had, like, lit candles in the Greek Orthodox Church. You like at midnight, you mm-hmm. light the candles and then all the candles are lit. And my mom, afterwards, I went to blow mine out. She's like, what are you doing? Don't blow that out. We got to bless your apartment. So my apartment's in Brooklyn. We're on the Upper East Side. I'm like, I'm not bringing the candles to my apartment. <laughs> and she's like, yes, we are. You can't blow this out. So she hailed like three cabs. Of course, all the drivers are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. You can't have fire in the cab. <laughs> she's like, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's religious. It's religious. And they were like, no. So, you know, just it, with that one, I was like, I was like, yeah, crying, laughing. Like, this is crazy. You can't do this. And then, of course, finally, you know, uh, there was a Russian Orthodox guy, and he was like, okay, come on in. I'll take you home. And, and we blessed my apartment. Yeah. <laughs> were you, you were laughing. Was your mom offended that you were laughing, or is she like? No, because I think my mom knows that, uh, like, she's very self-aware. She, she's just, she has very strong convictions that I I really appreciate because I'm more, ten, I can waver a little bit more. I would never do that. Even if I wanted the, I would never, it's just not worth it for me. Like she knows it's crazy and ludicrous, but she believes that she's got to get those candles back. So she's going to find a way to do it. With her videos, Alyssa captures the force of personality required to transport a lit candle across two burrows. And they all draw directly on real life. When Alyssa moved, they made a video about moving. When her mom visited her in L.A., they made a video about that. A vacation with her mom, grandma, and aunt provided particularly rich opportunities. Alyssa got to watch them all interact with an outsider, her boyfriend. It was a treasure chest. You know, my boyfriend was there, and he's he's 6'6", so I think everyone in my family sees that as like, oh, hell yeah, we can ask. You've got a big one. not even that, but they won. We can ask him what he wants to eat all the time. Like, I remember he woke up. He couldn't, he was like literally going to the bathroom, like so tired. And my aunt, my mom, my I are there just like, 
You want eggs? I'm making eggs. Why don't I get you eggs? And he like can't even speak. He, he he's like, no, no, no. I'm still asleep. Please, and, please. and then and then they, you know, before he goes back to bed, he wakes up and they're like, well, the eggs are red. And you know, they made the eggs 40 minutes ago when he was up, and now he has to eat these like cold eggs. It's 6 05 a.m. Let's go. We gotta go. It's vacation. I want to relax. Bring the mace spray. Someone saw a bear. It's vacation. I'm not doing laundry. Who's ready to go down the beach? We're not packing a lot. Just 20 egg salads each. I don't care if it doesn't look cool for your Instagram. Wear this. I got it. Cooked them 40 minutes ago. They're ready. I can't. I'm doing a load. My friend Teresa, she went to the beach. So I, having him there too, whenever like a new person is in the fold and I see it through their eyes uh-huh. too, it, it gives me even more stuff because I'm just like, oh, like I'm remembering. Because sometimes you just, you get used to certain behaviors and then when someone else is around, you're like, oh yeah, that's a crazy thing. Oh yeah. Well, like I know my mom, like I, I take it for granted that she's going to be like sort of constantly trying to hug me or like just like be affectionate in all possible ways. I sort of just think of that as how having a mom is. But like last fall when we were on vacation and my husband was there, my mom like at one point was like, oh, here, Sam, come over and sit on my lap. And my husband was like, I'm not going to sit on your lap. (laughs) Like, what are you saying? Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that that is weird. <laughs> that is not normal. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> so true. Yes. And I really think now hearing you say that, because I'm like, my family doesn't do a ton of touch. Uh-huh. I'm like, that's totally what the food and, like, attention thing is in my family. It's just their way of, like, embracing you and showing you love is just being like, what can I do for you? What can I get you? How much food do you want? What do you want? Yeah. It's, <laughs> the questions are are a hug in a way. Sometimes you see your mom afresh because you're seeing her through new eyes. Other times, though, it's because you're seeing her in an entirely new situation. My dad died a few years ago also. Um, oh, and I'm so sorry. I do feel like that was a real turning point in my relationship with my mom and sort of not just feeling like a new sense of her as vulnerable and as someone who needed me, mm. but also I think mm. in some ways seeing for the first time her on her own, you know, like like you get a glimpse inside another mind that like is being left to its own devices in a new way or something. Totally. We'd known them as our one half of a pair. Parent unit, yeah. I was already starting to realize that my parents were adults and then you <laughs> lose one and, and you're like, oh, wow, yeah, this is just a, I can see myself as her. Like now she's just like me, but a little bit older. Six months ago, Alyssa moved across the country to L.A. Her mom, meanwhile, is starting over in New York, living on her own. So they've both embarked on new adventures, and they've been spending a lot of time on the phone with each other. How does your mom answer the phone, usually? We know so much about what's going on that she can just kind of be like, so how'd the brownies come out? You know, it's like very down to the detail, yeah. Very resumptive, yeah, like very much like... You just got off the phone when you're getting back on the phone almost. That's exactly it. Like, we've, like, no time has passed. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And is there a particular way she usually signs off or gets off the phone with you? When my mom and I start saying goodbye, that's like, we're still 10 minutes to touchdown. You know, it's like, (laughs) all right, well, let's talk soon. Well, when are you, well, when's the next time we're going to, what do you got going on for the rest of the day? Okay. (laughs) Well, maybe we can link up. Oh, well, you know, I got Greeks, I got Greek class tonight. And, we're not near we're not we're not done yet once the goodbye begins. That's just kind of like the third act. At the end of our conversation, Alyssa and I called up her mom, Linda. And I was very interested to hear Linda's take on her daughter's work. 
not every mom would be okay with becoming an internet character, with her daughter making public jokes about her laundry and her lentils. What has it been like to watch your daughter play a version of you now for, like, a much bigger audience? I absolutely love it. I love it. So many people say, oh, did did you know she was doing that? I said, I'm filming it. (laughs) And I think they're really surprised. Linda actually helps Alyssa make the videos. She's the one behind the camera. Not only is she okay with the joke, she's in on it. If I just had to hire someone to film it, they would really not be the same at all. Because I agree. having you there it and, like, us having fun even in the moment and you giving me ideas and you, like, you being like, no, that doesn't sound quite right or this sounds more right or, oh, wouldn't this be funny? Or try this or whatever. You're right. The one I'm, I'm editing now, it's, like, mom shopping. Mm-hmm. And... Mom, do you remember you saw copper, like a copper tea kettle, and you were like, oh, copper's really in this oh, year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. So then I just have this runner now of like three times me being like, see, copper, what I tell you, <laughs> you know? So it's like, the, like, that's my favorite thing of this video. <laughs> I also think one of the best things is that I'm walking around the streets in New York, or I'm in a restaurant, or I'm on the subway. And it is crazy that people will come up to me and say, are you Alyssa's mom? (laughs) And that is so cool. (laughs) When the videos come out, you know, all the comments, I just spend the, you know, so much time reading them. Uh And it's just warms my heart. Some people say, oh, I wish my mom were like this. I, I wait. I look forward to the days that they're being released. And I think we were in a place of feeling kind of like unlucky and like that we had you know, lost my dad and that that wasn't really fair and that we didn't have a lot left. And so I think Mm -hmm. to your point, mom, yeah, hearing people be like, oh my God, I wish I had this relationship or, oh, this makes me miss my mom who passed. I think it helped us be like, oh yeah, this is lucky. Like Mm -hmm. having this is, is lucky. And we didn't know that before. You're absolutely right. All right. Bye, buddy. Okay. Bye, mom. Love you. All right. Love you. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Love you. Talk later. Bye. All right. Love you, honey. Bye. Okay. Love you. Talk soon. Bye. After the break, when calling your mom is impossible or just feels that way. Hello. I am also a Molly. This week, we're talking to friends, colleagues, and listeners about something that doesn't seem like it should be that hard, but somehow, sometimes is calling your mom. Which is something that I have not done in almost four years now since I uninvited my mother to my wedding. And in the time in between there, we have not spoken or had any contact. Um, and I don't know if I want to call her. Um It's healthier for me not to be in touch with her, and it's a relief. And when I think about calling her, I'm full of dread. But I also know that someday, you know, she's going to die. And what do I want my last conversation with her to be? My mom and I had a complicated and not easy relationship. This is Lisa Miller. She's a writer at New York Magazine. You know, the whole relationship was more fraught than I think either of us wanted mm-hmm. it to be. Like fighting or? Fighting, disapproving, <laughs> judging, you know, you're wearing that. 
you're going out with him. And I always felt very, like, uh, mad. <laughs> <laughs> what were the things that you think she felt like you didn't understand about her or, like, Like, we were very different kinds of women. Describe them. What were the two she different kinds of women? She was very feminine. She was very domestic. She was very aesthetically refined. She had a beautiful house. She cooked beautiful meals. She cared about dishware and silverware and art and rugs. And and I was like messy <laughs> and awkward and ambitious and profane and kind of all over the place. We really had very different ideas about what a woman in the world looked like. Yeah. But I, we were also close and we were a close family. And so I wanted to share with her myself. And yet when I tried, she didn't respond as I wanted her to. And a lot of times, like, our conversations would flame out. Because then... <laughs> How did that sound? Would, what did the flame out look like? Because <laughs> then when she wouldn't respond exactly as I wanted her to, I would get really mad uh-huh. and be like, oh, forget it. I don't even know why I called you anyway. And I would hang up on her, and then I would feel bad because I was hanging up on my mom, and I was a grown-up, and so I would call her back. And, you know, it was just, like, a lot of drama. Like, she also wanted us to be close and, like, friends. But we neither of us knew how to do that. She would call me at work to tell me what I thought was not workday appropriate stuff. Like what? There was a time in my late 30s when I was not married, and this was a matter of great concern to my mother. Mm. And I had gray hair. And my mother also had gray hair in her 30s, um, but she was married. Uh And so she thought that my having the gray hair was impeding my ability to be married. And so she would call me at work and say, she would start out by saying, I'm going to say something, and it's going to make you mad. <laughs> Always a good start. <laughs> Off to a great start. Can't wait. And I would say, so why are you going to say it? And she was like, well, I was at the hairdresser, and we think <laughs> you should try dyeing your hair ash blonde. <laughs> and I would be like, like, I'm at work. I work in a newspaper, I'm on deadline, (laughs) I have a very important job, I have colleagues sitting all around me, and we're talking about (laughs) my hair. And it would just get me so steamed. And the fact was, well, I mean, this is also very momish, but like, I also wanted to meet somebody Uh at that moment. And, uh, And so she was like, cutting right through all of the stuff that I was so proud of and going right to, like, the thing that I was most vulnerable about. Yeah. Which was that I wanted to meet somebody. And then thinking that, like, she and her hairdresser could cook (laughs) up some solution to that problem. It's like she's seeing you, but, like, you're frustrated because she's not seeing you in the right way or something. Yeah. Like, I would see her number and I would be like, oh, this is not going to be good. Mm, don't pick it up because you know where this is going to go. But then I would pick it up. Why? Because it's my mom. Uh-huh. And, like, maybe we can finally have the conversation that we both want to have <laughs> this time, you know, on a Tuesday afternoon at 3 o'clock. 
And then she says the thing about her hairdresser. And then I'm like, rip shit. And yeah, I would call her back and I would say, I'm sorry I hung up on you. And she would say, I can't say anything right. And I would say, well, that's not true, mom. But for example, you can't say anything right about my hair. <laughs> so, And she would say, like, I feel when I'm talking to you like I'm walking on eggshells. Because, like, she never knew when I was going to, like, explode with rage and hang up the phone. Um, so, yeah, I would apologize. And then would that feel like it had restored something? or Enough to, you know, for us to do it again in, in three days. <laughs> <laughs> So my mom died. Um, I'm sorry. My mom died in 2011. And I can't even tell you how much I miss talking to her on the phone. I mean, I miss her every single day. And every time something good happens and every time something bad happens and every time I have a success or every time I have a failure or every time something is worrying me, I wish I could talk to her on the phone. And... um. I miss the drama, and I miss the tension, and I miss her, and I miss the fact that even though the conversations were not that satisfying for either of us, we had them. Yeah. And, um, like, my daughter is growing up, and I want to tell her about high school and about, you know, what we ha- what, what I cooked for dinner that was amazing. And so... What I learned now, in retrospect, was that even the, like, fraughtness is your relationship. It's like in the—like, the love is there in the fraughtness, and it's there in the drama, and it's there, like, in the the continued effort to connect, even if you're not connecting. And um, I really, really, really miss it. There are some calls that just don't happen. Not because you're failing to pick up the phone, and not because they're inconvenient or annoying, but because they're impossible now. One listener left us the voicemail she wished she could leave for her mom. Hi, Mom. I've been missing your input a lot recently. Is it weird to only start missing someone 10 years after they die? I miss your... just the way that you approached life with so much joy. And I wish you could teach me to do that because I don't think I ever really learned. Would you be disappointed in me because I'm still so scared of everything? Because I maybe don't have the social skills you worked so hard to teach me? Or is that okay? I hope it's okay. I miss you. And I love you. I think a lot of us imagine that there's some perfect call that we could be having with our mothers. A call where the big questions finally get asked and all the right things get said. So maybe then you put off the call because you aren't sure it will be perfect. Of course, when you actually get on the phone, it's almost never the big things that you wind up talking about. It's laundry. It's lentils. Next week is the first year anniversary of my mom's death and um right before my mom died i called her and it's not something i did very often i didn't um 
I don't like talking on the phone. She didn't like talking on the phone. Anytime that she got on the phone with me, it was really quick. All right, what's going on? What's happening? Uh, okay, thanks. Love you, bye. I always ended like that. Love you, bye. I called her. She was, I was making talk with me, and um, I thought, shit, you know, I could use this taco seasoning, uh, or I could just call my mom. She could tell me exactly what to put in. And she, she did. I called. I said, Mom, hello. And I said, Mom, I'm making taco meat. What should I put in it? She said, well, make sure you've got peppers in there and onions and plenty of garlic and, you know, cumin, you know. And she walked me through it. And uh, I was really happy. I was really glad that I had called her because, like, three days later, she was dead. And I thought, wow. I'm so glad that that little voice in my head said, you should call mom. You should ask. You should just call mom. And that was the last time I spoke to her. Probably that little voice, that push and pull, it never goes away. You keep wanting to call your mom and then not calling her, or not wanting to call her and then calling her anyway, until finally you want to call her and you can't. Anyway, as we were working on this episode, at a certain point we were like, so... Is this just an ad for calling your mom? Is it going to sound like it was sponsored by Big Mom? And then we were like, well, okay. We guess we're fine with that. I mean, it definitely worked on me. I definitely want to call my mom. Hello? Hey, Mom. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm good. I'm relaxed. Plenty of coffee. Reading my book. (laughs) This was a meta-mom call. I called my mom about calling my mom. You have said before you don't want me to feel guilty or feel like no, I'm, I feel don't. obliged to call you. But No, no. But I, do, but I know but you, you know, really want like me to, to call you, me. so it's hard stop not it, to. Stop it, but, but you <laughs> Did know you what? just say stop but it, stop I it? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I don't want you to because I am. I love hearing from you, and I call you. Yeah. And, I tr- and the thing is that I perfectly trust you. I mean, you are the best. Because if you can't talk, you're not going to get on the phone. So I don't feel like a, <laughs> that is the well, you lowest right? bar for being the best that I have ever heard. Stop it! If you don't want to talk, you're not, not going to get on the phone. Good for me. Yeah, but, <laughs> Patting well, myself is, on the back. Stop it! That is a good thing, and and it's not in you that if I call at a bad time, that you're going to talk and grit your teeth and say, "I have to do this." How often do you think we should talk on the phone? Well, I will say that Andrea and Joe talk every day. <laughs> Just, throwing that out there. Say, Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. I will also say that would drive me crazy. <laughs> really? I feel well, like you would love that. No, you know what? I would. I would say, hey, yeah, yeah, fine, okay, I got something I got to do. And or you would say that you would not enjoy talking to me every day. I mean, I love when we talk, but but. You but know, what if we talked more? Well, I'd be good with that. Um, <laughs> Okay, well, I love you. I love you, sweetie. Give Sam a hug, okay? I will. Love you. Okay, All right. talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, yeah, bye. That's it for this week's show. We'll see you next Tuesday. I meant to tell you, we got a comment on the podcast. Someone said that yes. Molly's uproarious laughter is distracting and sometimes inappropriate. <laughs> Let's both have a distracting cackle right now. (laughs) (laughs) And now that I am off the phone with my mom, 
we are planning an episode about being horny. And what we're really interested in are the unexpected triggers. You know, the things that you personally are horny for, but that the rest of the culture has not caught up with yet. So maybe that's exposed ankles or pinky rings or bolo ties or bike messengers with their little hats. Give us a call. Let us know what you are feeling right now. We are at 920-368-3341. Again, 920-368-3341. Tell us what has got you horned up for spring 2019. The Cut on Tuesdays is produced by Sarah McVie and Olivia Natt. Our senior producer is Kimmy Regler. We're edited by Stella Bugby and Lynn Levy. Mixing is by Emma Munger. Our music is by Emma Munger and Haley Shaw. Our theme song is Play It Right by Amelia Meath, Nick Sanborn, Molly Sarley, and Alexandra souser monig Special thanks to Hunter Harris, Noreen Malone, and Phoebe Unterman. And if you like this show, tell your friends to listen to it. You could even tell your mom. The Cut on Tuesdays is a production of Gimlet Media and The Cut.